What could possibly prompt a mom working full-time raising two kids with ADHD to start blogging about her own experience? You are listening to Finding Your Brilliance, Episode 3. I'm your host, Catherine Quee. Today, I'm talking with Beth Grushkin. I discovered Beth's amazing blog, Fuzzy Mama, when researching naturopathic remedies for ADHD. Beth is a mother of two boys with ADHD, a Montessori school teacher, and a passionate ADHD advocate. Hi, Beth. Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Yes, this is great. And Beth lives in Chicago, so we, we met online and we, I feel like I know you, even though I don't, I feel like there's a little, because I've had such cool interactions with you. Same way. My first real question for you is how did Fuzzy Mama start? And, and explain to people, what is Fuzzy Mama? What does that mean exactly? Well, the name, it's kind of funny actually where the name came from. So I met my husband online. Wow. And my, like, online name was actually Fuzzy Bug. (laughs) And um, so then I opened an Etsy shop when my second son was newborn. And so I just thought, what am I going to call it? And so I just kind of put, you know, the two together. And so that's how the name came. And I have had the blog for a long time, but it was a little bit more of, like, artsy craftsy stuff you know that I did with my kids then when my boys got older I was really overwhelmed with all of this ADHD stuff Mm -hmm. luckily I I have one dear friend who went through similar things with Mm -hmm. her kids and so I was able to have someone you know who I could say oh my god did this ever happen to you and she'd say yes why yes it did But I also, I am crazy about finding out why. I wanted to know why is my son explosive? Why does he get super nervous about math? Why is it so difficult for him to go to sleep? Why, why, why? And so I just, I just found all this information and I thought, hey, let me just start to write this down so that it can help me, it can help others. Because, you know, I just really wanted to help other people who were in my same situation or similar situation, right? Yeah. I mean, both of my kids have an ADHD, you know, label, but they could not be more different. It's like, you know, two different ends. So I thought, okay, maybe I can, maybe some of the stuff that I'm learning and trying and doing will help someone else. And so that's just really why I wanted to share. Do you mind talking about um, how different your kids are? Like, because I think that's a very fascinating question. And and as a psychologist, what I share with parents is if you've met one kid with ADHD or with autism, you've just met one with ADHD or autism, meaning they're also different. And so what did you notice that was so different about your boys? Um, Well, so my oldest son was born early. Mm. three and a half weeks early and just <laughs> talked full sentences at 14 months just mm. 
<laughs> smart, smart, smart kid. Yeah, just on the go a mm. lot. I think because he was my first, I didn't know any different. So uh-huh. I never really thought about labeling him or, oh, he's, you know, I, I just didn't. Um, he was just always, you know, talked a lot and, you know, that was it. My second son was just the opposite. Really, really, really quiet kid. Smart, thoughtful, but just super quiet. So really two different ends. Okay. Does the oldest have the combined type and the youngest have the inattentive type? Uh, they both have ADH. The combined present. Which is really interesting to me because I don't really know how my younger son got the H. <laughs> because I, I just don't know. And is it, you know, because my older son was so active and then, you know, to me, anything else seems not active? Maybe. Oh, right. Maybe you habituated to your oldest, his activity level. And so, so did your, did teachers give you red flags? Is that how it happened? No, no teachers did at all. He was, uh, my, my oldest was always able to do well in school, you know, preschool, kindergarten, you know, I got all this, you know, he's a great kid, no worries at all. My first red flag was in first grade doing um so he had these math facts the good old-fashioned timed yes facts and in his room this is so ridiculous they would post where each of them were so say some kid was on his plus ones and then the other kid was on his plus fours i kid you not a bulletin board in In the room showing each kid's progress yes Oh, isn't that just like ridiculous? It is. I can't even imagine. And I talked with them about it. I said, don't you think you should like take that bulletin board down, you know? But so anyway, it created such anxiety, of course, right, for my son. And I thought, why isn't he getting this? He's a smart kid. Why? It's, it's, it's only math facts. But I would, I would see the like anger almost roll through his body and he'd get his little fists up and I didn't understand it. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? And of course I was like, study harder. You can do this. <laughs> Come on, this isn't all that hard. You can do it. So I drill him and drill him and drill him and he wouldn't get him. And I would, I just couldn't understand why aren't you getting your facts? So that was kind of the beginning okay. of seeing that, okay, maybe there is is a little something going on here but it probably wasn't until third grade where he really became explosive oh at home and school no not at school at all he has never been explosive at school at all but more just the type and you know i think i probably saw first grade second grade he would come home from school exhausted and and you know like a little mean a little like on edge. Yes. And so I think, okay, he's just had a full day, sit on the sofa, chill out, read a book. And so that that worked for a long time until probably third or fourth grade when it when I think things just got a little harder. Math math got harder. There were there was writing papers to do. Everything just got a little harder, you know? And so um so we 
tried meds. So we went, you know, got the neuropsych done and everything for him, but we never actually saw that. So it was just, so the neuropsych results were just sent right on to a psychiatrist. Oh, they made the diagnosis. Yes. And she said, oh, it looks like he's got ADHD without saying anything about why or what the test results were or anything. And and then it, it was just, okay, you know, what do you want to try? Do you want to try Ritalin? And, you know, I remember this big laminated sheet that, you know, she just kind of pushed in front of me. Do you want to try this drug or this drug or this? And so I thought, okay, why don't we just try something? And so it, that was the first of two years, really, going through different medications, trying one to one upper, one downer, <laughs> one one to make him go to sleep, you know, because when you have one, then it's, well, then he needs help going to sleep. And so then let's take something else to go to sleep. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, crazy. And we never saw really results from it. We were, I, I would say the, the one he was on the longest was Focalin. He could sit at school and he got really good grades <laughs> at school. But then he would come home and literally explode. I mean, it was just, every night was just awful. And he, you could just tell he just could not control himself. It wasn't like he was being a bad kid, but the anger, the anxiety, everything, just that, you know, release. Um, but, you know, we tried. We tried several different things and nothing worked. Well, you know, listening to you talk about the math facts, I think that is something I see over and over that the rote memorization, and that is something that I test in neuropsych testing, but rote memorization, that's one of the first things that many parents notice for children who struggle to focus. Rote memorization, math facts is like a, it's very often one of the first academic tasks that as well as writing Nate, writing your name. And so I think that's very interesting. And I think it's sad that the neuropsych testing, it, it really, you were not guided on how to use those results in a useful way other than medication, which I, I mean, wow, I, I just, that's so unfortunate. And, and, you know, I don't want to fixate on that, but I guess I want listeners to know that if you have your child tested, one of the huge jobs of the evaluator is to guide you through recommendations, not just medication at all. Um, one of the things I want to shift to, though, is asking you about what has helped. What has helped? And you've done a lot of research, so and, and you're really into naturopathic remedies and supports for kids with ADHD, which I am interested in, too. But tell me, what what do you think? What What has helped your boys the most? Well, you know, when they were super small, I think I did a lot of things, you know, that actually really helped that I didn't even realize, you know, that I was actually doing. So <laughs> one of the things is screens. I kept my kids off screens. They never had a smartphone. And well, I mean, first of all, I didn't even own a smartphone when they were little, but um we just didn't, we, we hardly had any, they watched hardly anything. And some of that was me kind of reading 
on, you know, up, up on it, but it was also me noticing. I mean, I thought it was going to be this big, huge break for me to sit down and watch, you know, Thomas (laughs) for, you know, 30 minutes. And my kids would zone out. I mean, they would, it would just zombify them. Literally, I would be like, okay, it's over. (laughs) Let's, let's Mm -hmm. go do something else. And they could not come back. I mean, it was the strangest thing. And then, so, you know, maybe they were zombies for the 30 minutes. So, you know, I could cook dinner or something. But then after that, it was almost worse because they literally could not go back to just, you know, playing blocks or playing something. They just couldn't. So I really noticed that early on and just said, all right. We are just keeping screens to a minimum. So when you say they couldn't, many kids get agitated when they go off screens. You're not describing that. You're describing a worsening of focus. Is that what you mean? Yes. And I really feel, I mean, still to the, still even now, if they have any time on screens, it is in the late afternoon because if they're on any screen in the morning, they literally cannot like, come back into society almost (laughs) and then that's all they want to do yes when can we watch again when can I play again I mean it's really so that like you know the addiction is real it's really real I love it that you said that I feel like that's going to be a quote that I use in my Instagram that is something that I see over and over and over again that I think parents just do not get Really, I'm like, even now, I'm super, you know, strict about it. So my kids, we have no screens Monday through Thursday, no screens, except if school, you know, because now school, they have screens, but anything else, no video games, no movies, nothing. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they can watch, but it's still very, very monitored. They are on maybe an hour or something. Nice. It is not the four hour no. marathon, or the eight hour marathon. But I, I really do think that that was a huge part of them, you know, when they were littler, being okay for yeah. longer period of time. I think if they had had screens when they were three and four, I would have I don't know. Tell me, tell me, um, I'm going to see if there's like maybe two other big things you've noticed as a parent from your research specific to ADHD that's helped your kids. Sleep. (laughs) That also is something that I noticed in my kids, you know, when they were babies, really getting those naps. I mean, we were crazy. They had a 630 bedtime until they were probably four or five years old, <laughs> 6.30. you get them to go to bed at and 6.30? They would. They just would. And, you know, it's funny. If, if you know, we were ever out or something happened and, you know, they didn't go to bed till 8 or 9, they could not fall asleep. So it was that, like, they almost got overtired. I noticed that right away with them. And, and also, they get up early. So they get up at 6, no matter what time they go to bed. That's just who they are. And I'm waiting for those teen hormones (laughs) to kick in so they will sleep past six o'clock because they still do. You know, we go to bed at 10 for something now odd. They're up at six, no matter what. 
also the weighted blanket oh. was, was a godsend for us because he would literally get up, you know, go to the bathroom five times, five or six times a night, like, you know, right away. He just could, and it, you know, he just had to get up and kind of walk around and go back down, get up, walk around. But man, with that weighted blanket, he's wow. out in 10 minutes. Tell me about, you know, what they say is something about like 10% of the child's body weight is some of the things that I've read. Like my son, one that he took to college and it's because he weighed 130 pounds or something. I think his weight, his was 14 pounds and it's awesome. Like he loves it. Did, can you give listeners any feedback on like where you get weighted blankets and what you're I know you got a you have a good person on your website. I do, you know. Um, so actually, Sensacom, Sensa C A L M, um, they have a really great website. And the thing that I loved about them is you can return it, because sometimes kids you don't know if they need it a little bit heavier or if that's going to oh. be too heavy. So um, on on their site, they do have a you know, chart or something um, that that I went by. And I think his first, so we're on our second one now. Our first one was maybe seven pounds. Yeah. And now we got one that's probably a little on the heavier side, but that's only because now I know he likes it. But now it's probably 12 yeah. pounds and he's maybe a hundred pounds now. Well, can you also talk with me before we go? I wondered about food. You know, everybody's different, but I, I want you to share what do you notice about the foods that your kids really do well with and what you eliminate? Um, so again, I think it was just me observing them. I think that my my oldest is definitely much more sensitive to everything, to yes. sleep, to food. You know, I, I kind of go by um, him he is like a carb monster. That's what these kids are. They are. Granola bars and bread. He could exist on those things, literally. <laughs> Granola bars and bread. Toast. But I notice when, when he eats that, everything is just off. Temper flares, um, hyper, constantly hungry, right? Because nothing is really like feeding him. Nothing is really... Um, so that's what I noticed he will eat if, if I don't have other things and, you know, really sugar too. And, you yeah. know, which those things are the same. Yeah. Um, really. So those are huge for us. I mean, sugar, I limit their sugar drastically. And, you know, now that they're getting older and they are not with me all the time, I notice that they binge <laughs> when they're at a, <laughs> birthday party or a Cub Scout camp out or something. And I'm of the mindset where I I really have to teach them and and have, have them start noticing their own stuff. But you know, they're really not there yet. I I just don't think that they notice it in themselves quite yet. So but we basically are gluten free, corn free, and Corn is in everything, yes, right? I mean, any processed food has some bad corn thing in it, That's right? It. All the different sugars and the different corn starches and corn this and corn that. So we're gluten-free, corn-free. 
I don't want to say sugar-free because we have some, but it's very, very limited. And is there something you want to share to parents before we go that you think I haven't touched on that really is important that you share about kind of what you're up to? Um, No, but you know, I think we all just really have to be honest and open. I mean, that's why I love your book so much because it was so it's it's just so great to to hear that other people have been going through this and they get through it <laughs> and it's okay and um so that you know that's what you know I do too I am far from the perfect mother oh. you know so I don't I don't want anyone to think that oh you know she has a blog because I'm like oh my gosh that is not me at all we are we are all just trying to figure this out, right? We really are. It's, and I think, you know, I I mean, I really have to thank my kids also because I am doing things that I would never ever have ever done otherwise. I mean, I am like mama bear and I go up to that school and I go right to the principal's office and I, you know, I say my thing and I would have never have done that before, but I mean, it's incredible what you will do for your kids. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, Finding Your Brilliance. My guest today was Beth Grushkin. If this topic speaks to you, please subscribe to my podcast. You can find out more about me at my website, kqadhdnu.com. That's and A-N-D and the letter U. Thanks for listening. And until we meet again, just remember that each of us have our own brilliance. Sometimes it just takes a while to find it.